Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Rad Podcast. I'm producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Dawn Show. Today's show is going to be a little bit all over the place. I've got uh, some entertainment news coming up here in the beginning, but um, I also need to touch on a subject that's been popping up a lot more recently in my stratosphere. Um, and a lot of people have been writing the show um, at rad at radradio.com asking for my advice on how to quit alcohol. And it's it's interesting that this comes up around this time uh, because I feel like this time, gosh, two or three years ago that I hit my version of rock bottom and needed to quit for a year. And that's, I decided that I would quit drinking for an entire year, which at the time seemed like a monument or a a mountain to climb, uh, an Everest, if you will, uh, because it was something that I was doing constantly. And I started drinking when I was 21 and this was about uh, three, three years ago. So my uh, early thirties, you know, a good solid 10 years of, of drinking, partying, uh, it adds up. And I was pretty reckless. In those 10 years, I got two DUIs and I had to go to school. Uh, you know, the whole uh, alcoholic classes, not anonymous, not alcoholic anonymous, but basically court mandated, um, uh, what is it called? Counseling. Thank you to the person that's not in the room telling me what it is. Um and I had to do, you know, work project, which, you know, clean up litter on the side of the streets, spend some jail time. Uh, and it's definitely not my proudest moments, probably the darkest times of my life. And unfortunately, after after my first DUI, it didn't teach me enough of a lesson. So, you know, about five or six years after that, I was still uh, late 20s by the time I got my second DUI. And uh, it was probably the worst thing that I'd ever done. And fortunately, nobody got hurt. Nobody got killed. I know uh, we've all driven drunk at one point in our lives, you know, and it was it's the stupidest thing that we ever do. But um, I, I had to I had to learn the hard way. And fortunately, in doing so, I didn't hurt anybody or myself, which is a blessing. And and I'm, I'm grateful for that because there's certainly many times that I probably could have killed myself or uh, others as well. Um, but here we are today. I'm almost 34. I'll be 34 in April and I've got control of alcohol. It's not a problem in my life anymore. Uh, it certainly wasn't an easy road. Um, the, the, the one year that I took off of drinking alcohol, I was, uh, it was, it was amazing. It was one of the best years of my life because it was a lot of introspection work internally a lot of body and mind work. I, I didn't spend a lot of time kvetching over when I was going to get my next drink. It was tough at first. I'm not going to lie. In the first couple of months, it was difficult because alcohol was such a big part of my life that it was just something that I had to do or just it was it was so convenient. I don't remember why I started abusing alcohol. I, I, I don't know. Like my wife, my life wasn't that bad. There, there really wasn't that bad of things that I was going. I, I think that it boils down to after, you know, having some sort of uh, counseling and therapy over the last few years, I realized that it, it has to stem. It stems from a lot of childhood trauma, a lot of stuff I dealt with as a kid, a lot of stuff I dealt with uh, getting older, you know, dealing with uh, uh, sick mom and, you know, family issues. And I'm not going to bore you with all the, the details, but it wasn't easy. Um And I don't think anything ever is when it comes to a lifestyle change, uh, especially one that's aided 
uh, or, you know, you're dealing with the alcohol disease or, you know, we're not going to have the debate over whether or not alcoholism is a disease or if it's a compulsion. It's not the time or place. I just want to get this off my chest. Um, you know, and I did say that I was going to start with entertainment. So I'm, I think I'm going to actually save that um, to, to, till I get done with this because we had a call today from a woman named Amanda. And uh, she uh, was calling kind of out of the blue. There was no discussion of alcohol or anything. Um, and she sounded like she needs some help. So I'm going to actually play the clip from this morning's show uh, from Amanda when she called in. And uh, I'll, I'll follow up with the w- at the end. Hello there, Amanda. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Hi. Go ahead. Hey. Um. So I want to talk to Brandon. <laughs> He's right here. Um. Yeah. How he got sober. Uh, how did I get sober? Yeah. Well, uh, what's going on with you? As so, the Brandon can kind of formulate his answer. What What's going on with you that you would ask that? Because that's a pretty broad question. Yeah. Um. I just can't get sober. So. So how often um, how often are you drinking? A lot. Just a, just on an average on an average day, how much do you drink? Um. So I'll go sober for a couple of days, and then I won't. And so when and when you don't, do you do you binge drink into blackout state, or 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 what do you do? Yeah. Okay. And what on those days when you're sober, do you know why you're sober? Because um, I want to be sober, and then I <laughs> I don't get sober. Uh, Amanda, what happens when you decide to drink? What is it that, that pushes you over that edge? I don't know. Is it, well, can, okay, so if we gave you some choices, is it boredom? Is it routine? Like, are you with the same people? Um, are you are you cooking? And like, are there triggers of things that make you drink or, or any? What 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 what's the difference between those days you want to be sober and those days you drink? Does something happen? Um, I get triggered. Like, and I know that's not a good word to use, but all right. Um, I really get triggered. Like, there's like things that bring me to that. There's days that you you want to die. Is that what you said? Yeah. Why? And I just I can't get sober. Wait, are, 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 do, you, do you do you feel like you want to die because you can't get sober? Or are you suggesting you've got all of these demons in your past? There's days you feel like you want to die and to numb that feeling you're drinking. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're are you looking for a way to stay sober for more than a few days? And I don't know how to do it. Like, I will get there, and then I relapse. So, I, I honestly, there, there's no magic word or magic trick to just wave your wand and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to drink anymore. This has to come from within. You have to consciously decide, I'm not going to drink today. Start today, and every day you wake up, Continue to make that conscious decision. And if there's alcohol around you, easily accessible, uh, I would recommend trying to either get rid of it, having somebody lock it up, uh, pouring it down the drain. But I would actually also advise that you go talk to a doctor because you don't want to quit 
cold turkey, especially if you are drinking to black out every single time you're drinking. Have you tried anything, Amanda, like going to an AA meeting or anything like that to talk to people in similar situations? Yeah, I went to rehab and everything. Rehab, okay. You've done rehab, but now you're out and you're still finding this pattern. Yeah. I, you know what? Because I, I literally will get sober, and then something will happen to me. Sure. And that's why, by the way, triggered is not a bad word. Triggered is a clinical word just because we've created this whole snowflake culture. That doesn't mean – because that's exactly what you're describing. Something triggers you to go back to your bad behavior. It's something you haven't addressed yet. Okay, so – I, my go-to on the inside that's that's screaming is 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 something that Rob just brought up, and I know it doesn't work for everyone, but it works for a lot of people, and it has for a really really long time. I I I, I want you to when you get off the phone with us, this is what I want you to do. I want you to Google AA, and I want you to find the nearest meeting. There's always a meeting. I want you to find one, and if that one doesn't work out for you, find another one. You find a group that's going to work for you, and then you get a sponsor. And that doesn't mean you're still not going to drink. It means you're going to get in the community. You need to be you. Just hearing you, you need to be in a community of people that are right now working on getting sober, and you need that support. You you need it. Because I, 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 the other thing that might have to happen, and I don't know, I, I don't know if this is 100% true. You hear people say what I'm about to say. I'm not an expert. Some people would say you haven't hit rock bottom yet. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to hit real rock bottom to, like, ha- have it happen. Because, as Brandon said, there's no magical thing that's going to make you not want to drink. You are going to want to drink every day. It's going to be a struggle. And so right now you're giving into that struggle. And that's okay. Lots of people do. And that's why I'm saying you need a support system now to that you call when that happens. So you don't give into that because there is nothing that anyone can say to you. There is no magic anything to where you're going to wake up and just not going to want to. That's not I don't, I don't know. Does that ever happen for someone who's an alcoholic? I don't know. Maybe for some, they eventually, after 50 years, don't think about it. I don't know. But I, I just listening to you, I feel you really need a support system. I completely agree. And I think that finding an AA group would be your best bet to get help right away because there's meetings going on today, right now. Not right now, but today you can go Maybe find right one. Now. <laughs> Maybe right now. Yeah. Um, but in, in, the, in the next step of that, is there anybody close to you that could act as your support system? Do you Are, are you living with anybody? Do you have a partner, spouse, family that you could admit this to? And have you admitted this to your family at all? And at this point, that's the uh, that's the end of the clip, because Rob had to uh, go into a contest um, on the live show. And that's when we cut away to uh, behind the scenes. And Anonymous, our phone screener, got Amanda's information. And I have been in contact with Amanda um, since uh, between, you know, that that call took place and from this recording right now and uh, i provided her with a a ton of resources and i just wanted to share them because i feel like a lot of people could benefit from just hearing this you know you might be in a place where you are are feeling the same way um i know that it, it always helps reassure my decision to not abuse alcohol when i hear stories like this it breaks my heart that she's hurting and she's struggling but she's not alone, and there's there's such a huge resource on online uh, in our own communities uh, that we could use. That honestly, if I had not used my support system and everything that I learned in my counseling and my 
stupid decisions when I got my DUIs, um, I, I wouldn't be alive today. So it's one of those things that I, I like to reiterate and reestablish the fact that you're not alone and you can absolutely do this. And um, after I got off the after we got off the phone with Amanda, we got n- multiple people throwing out their their phone numbers and their their contact information. Like Corey, she says I'm sober and I'm always willing to help. So I passed along her information. Uh, Sterling wrote in and said uh, to try aasacramento.org or meeting uh, meeting chair app. Now I looked that up and it, it isn't actually a meeting chair app. Um, it's actually an app <clears throat> that gives you a, a place to find meetings for AA. Um, so it's called meeting guide. I believe if you look up meeting guide in the app store, you'll be able to, uh, look up a meeting in your local area. I'm sure it just does it with your location on your app. Um, so that was a great suggestion just to get the resource out there. Um, there's also another recovery directory. Um, it's called recovery now. Uh, it's currently, it currently has male and female beds available in the Roseville and Sacramento area. It's a preferred to be coming from treatment facilities and have 30 days clean time. Uh, but, you know, he, th- this is definitely another resource for you know, if, if anybody you know or you are looking for something like this. Uh, you can contact Rick Wheeler uh, at 916-868-2207. That's Rick Wheeler, 916-868-2207. Um, that is, of course, only if you need these recovery services. Please do not abuse these phone numbers. These are... Uh, public, so they are, you know, used for these uh, particular services. So, yeah, don't abuse them, please. Um, Eric wrote in and said, kudos, Rad Team. You handled that caller who wanted to get sober perfectly. AA may not work for everyone, but it's a start and in the right direction. Amanda needs to surround herself with a sober with the sober people and start making changes to her daily routine. AA meetings can set her on this path. It is going to be hard, and it takes extraordinary discipline but if she is committed to change, it can happen for her. It did for me. Thank you, Eric, uh, for the kind words. And that's another thing that um, you know I, I like to I like to reestablish is that I I didn't take AA. I didn't go to any AA meetings. I thought about it at first, um, but I, I I used alternative methods um, for my support group. But you know I, I leaned on my friends and family and uh, vocalized my cravings and and my hardships I were going, I was going through that would maybe trigger me to want to drink. Uh, but I also did hypnotherapy. I did Reiki, um, which are all forms of energy work. Uh, I I did some, some sort of, uh, there's just energy work that you can do too. That's the alternative that aren't, you know, the ordinary, uh, ways that people go about doing this, but they definitely help, especially hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy is one of those that, uh, it's, pretty harmless. If it doesn't work, you you still get something beneficial out of it. You still feel good. It still uh, brings you a sense of peace. I know that it works for me. And if you wanted to work with um, anybody like that, there's, I highly recommend Sierra Podva. You can find her information at sierrapodva.com. That's where she does all of her bookings. You get some more information about the services she does, and you can even get a free consultation. So you can find out if this is something right for you before you uh, invest in it. But it definitely worked for me, and uh, I, I would say AA would be a great solution, or at least a start for Amanda, because she's already been through rehab, and she uh, she could benefit with that group uh, group uh, support. And then uh, what else we got here from Michael on the topic of Amanda struggling with drinking? I'm literally on day two of not drinking, and I feel phenomenal and feel committed. 
This is not the first time I have quit and I relapsed due to lack of support. Personally, I need support too. However, it is an embarrassing thing to bring up to your friends and family. I would happily offer my email, Facebook, et cetera, to Amanda if she, if, uh, if she would like some uh, of that said support. Sometimes it can really help to discuss these types of issues with someone whose struggles are similar. When drinking, I will get blackout drunk every night and pray to the porcelain gods each morning. It took me getting sick of myself to commit. I'm not saying I won't fall off the proverbial wagon. However, if Amanda ever needs to discuss her struggles, I would be happy, happy to help her where I can. I have passed along Michael's information as well. Uh, I just, you know, uh, composed one big email with all this stuff. And uh, I just wanted to comment here on what Michael says that it is, it can be embarrassing. It can be an awfully embarrassing thing to bring up to your friends and family because you feel weak and powerless. And if you are stubborn and, and, and bullheaded, you don't want people to think less of you or you don't want to come appear as weak. Weakness helps us build our strength. Being able to admit to our weaknesses helps us learn and helps us grow. And that's one thing that I wish that I'd learned way early on that I, I wouldn't have been so fucking bullheaded and so staunch in my ways that I wasn't picking up the cues from what people are saying. I was, you know, family members were saying, you should probably cool, cool it off, you know, calm down. And I just brush it off with, oh, I'm just having fun. It's no big deal. Just a couple of beers. And I, I made some of the stupidest decisions I, in my life while drinking. And when he says that I got blackout drunk every night, I did that too. That was that I, I would get blackout drunk almost in the early evening sometimes because I work such early hours. So I had so much time to medicate. And it took uh, me getting sick of myself too. Michael mentioned that and that's that's when he decided to commit. I got sick of myself when people pulled me aside and said, you are out of control. And I finally, I guess I just needed somebody to, to hear that and give me the, the tough love, the harsh reality of what I was doing to myself and what potentially could have done to not just my life, but my career, my family, my friends. I could have lost it all. But because they were there to step up and, and, and show a mirror to what I was putting them through. It, it really helped me turn around. Uh, this email is from Shannon. She says, I was listening to Amanda's story on the air this morning and wanted to offer some help. I work in the substance use disorder program at a medical facility, and they offer an injection called Vivitrol. It's a monthly injection that helps with the cravings of alcohol, and we have great success. Yes, there is a magic thing out there. I would like to offer her my contact info so I can talk with her more in detail and get her started. Our program is medication-assisted treatment, as we know that some people need more than groups and AA meetings. I had no idea about this Vivitrol, and I did some research after these emails came, came through, and it's amazing. It, it can help prevent relapses onto, into alcohol or drug abuse. Obviously, you should consult your doctor first before you just start calling random people offering you drugs. But if I honestly, like if I ever get to a point, which I'm not saying that I, I won't because we're all human. We all get into some dark places. There has been times since I, I uh, met my year mark of no drinking. I had, I had revisited it right after the year mark and I decided Okay, I'll, I'll indulge a little bit, but I'll have control. Just a couple times, maybe in the weekends. And there have been times where I just let go. And I, I let go of control, and I got stupid. I'd start arguing with people. 
primarily on my wife, which was awful. Um, I, I started you know, just making stupid decisions when I knew better. And if, if I ever get to that point, I don't want to say like, this is a crutch or anything, but this is something that can really help with those relapses and those, those cravings. It's definitely worth looking into, uh, especially if, if trained medical professionals here are actually saying that this could be something that works. It's worth uh, talking to your doctor, especially if you're, if you're looking to quit drinking in general, that's another thing that I did when I quit for a year, I decided that I would go to the doctor and just get checked out just a physical because if you quit cold Turkey, you could do a lot more damage to your body by omitting the thing that it's craving or that it, that your body has basically been uh, trained to process. There are addictive, uh, th- th- there's addictive nature to the drink, not just the action, but the, the alcohol, alcohol content, it creates the, the addiction and your body relies on it and your body could break down shut down. You could die if you just go cold Turkey without consulting your doctor. Uh, that's, there's another, uh, cert, another thing that we want to do. If you're quitting drinking, you want to reduce it. Not necessarily, uh, there's, there's a thing called HAMS, harm reduction for alcohol. It's a, it's a support for safer drinking, reduced drinking or quitting. It's not necessarily, going cold turkey it's it's just slowing down if you're drinking five drinks a day you 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 break it down to maybe like three drinks every other day you're not completely going cold turkey it allows you to wean off and it's a much safer method but again i'm not a trained professional i'm not a doctor this is something that you should absolutely talk to your doctor about um just so you're doing things right and just to be able to not only going to get yourself checked out by the doctor just to make sure that you're safe health wise. It also helps you hold yourself a little bit more accountable. The more people you admit what you're doing makes it. So you're holding yourself accountable because you have to then report back to them. They'll ask you, what are you doing? Are you okay? Are you still drinking? How long has it been? And what better person to confide that information in than your doctor that, that, that takes care of you, that wants nothing but the best health for you. Um, and I, I got that in the beginning when I did quit and it was a good step up. It was another level of that uh, accountability that I, I think should, should be on top of everybody's list when they're quitting drinking. And this last email is from Kristen. She says, uh, I am also a sub, I'm a substance use navigator. I'm responding to the caller who's struggling with her sobriety. I work for a medical center in Placerville and Georgetown and would like to offer resources and referral to the caller She's probably not in uh, the geographic area, which I did establish that they're not necessarily in the same geographic area, but we're pointing everybody in the right direction here. Uh, Kristen goes on to say there are many medical interventions for people suffering from alcohol use disorder, including naltrexone and Vivitrol to help with alcohol craving. So she gave her contact information and I sent all that over. Uh, I sent that over to Amanda and I'll just share what I, what I wrote to her, um, just because I, I want, if she doesn't read the email and she just so happens to be listening to this, maybe she didn't check her email and I just want it to be heard. Uh, I said, good afternoon, Amanda. This is Brandon from the Rad Radio Show. Thank you for reaching out this morning. It takes a lot of bravery to open up and admit that you're ready to be sober. Believe me, I've been there and I continue to battle my demons to this day. It does get easier. And the hardest part is admitting that you're ready. 
When you do finally decide that you want to withhold from drinking for longer than a day or two, maybe a week or a month, even a year, just remember that you take it one day at a time. When that clarity hits after the first week, it feels so good. Not just because you can, you can accomplish it, but because you can continue to feel that clarity. I'm here for you if you ever need someone to talk to or even if you need help in finding any resources. I'm just an email or text away. And uh, I hope this helps you get started and we're here for you. Kindest regards. I'm also sending you the contact info below that is uh, submitted by other listeners who heard your story and wanted to help. You're not alone. And there's an entire community of people rooting for you to feel better. So Amanda, I hope you feel better. And I hope that this, I hope that my email has gotten through to you. I hope that you are taking these uh, fine fellow listeners up on their uh, offers to help you out. Hopefully you, you made the call that you need to make today or, you know, if not, there's always tomorrow and we hope you are still here tomorrow. And before I, I, I transition to the next topic, I always like to uh, throw out this little bit of advice. If you are questioning how much you're drinking, if it's too much, you just got to sit down and think about it. Just say how much, how fast and how often. It's one thing that I learned back in counseling that it, it still rings true today. If I'm ever questioning how much, if I'm drinking too much, I always just ask myself those three questions, how much, how fast, and how often. And I also have some uh, affirmations that, uh, that that might be helpful. You know, if you just listen to this, you hear this, it might help be therapeutic in some way. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to apply to alcohol. It could apply to any sort of uh, compulsion or di disorder or addiction that you might be dealing with. Uh, I am free from my addiction. I am happy with who I am. I find happiness within me. I am taking my life in my own hands. I am taking care of my body. I am loved by people in my life. I don't need alcohol to be happy and in peace with myself. I can deal with anything that comes my way. I am able to stay in control. I surround myself with people who support me. I am letting go of my addiction to alcohol. I am becoming more and more sober with each passing day. I will take responsibility for my life. I will forgive myself for everything I've done. I am about to start a new life free from alcohol. I appreciate and cherish myself more and more every day. I am becoming strong individual. I'm sorry. I'm becoming a strong individual with healthy habits. I will take control of my life. I am transforming into someone who is happy and peaceful. I will be spending my time with positive and supporting people. Staying away from alcohol comes naturally to me. I deserve all the great things life has to offer. People see me as a positive, happy, and healthy individual. My life is getting better with each passing day. I am worthy of a life free from alcohol addiction. My life is filled with happiness and peace. My relationships will, with people are healing. People see me as someone who successfully overcame alcohol addiction. My body and my spirit are healing. Being free from alcohol addiction has tremendously improved my life. These are just a few positive affirmations that I've used uh, when I'm feeling down and I feel like I need some, some kind of pick me up when there's nobody to call or I don't want to call anybody. I just want to go through this myself, go through these emotions and these feelings. Those are some, uh, just some quotes that, that, uh, or affirmations that I've used. And there's another quote that I have always had written 
on my journals that I keep. Um, I, 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 you know, I fill up a journal and I start a new one. It's all work-related stuff, but I always write on the, the cover of my journal, find a cause greater than yourself. That resonated so deeply with me that not only does it remind you that you're not the only one here, you're not the only person here, your, your problems aren't the biggest problems in the world, but by finding a cause greater than yourself, it allows you to step outside yourself, step outside of your ego, of your pride, and it allows you to think about the others around you and how you affect them. And it's something that we should all consider and work through and remember that we're not alone. And you're not alone, Amanda. All right. Uh, how to transition from that. That, that felt, uh, felt good. I, I feel like that needed to be said. A lot of that stuff just needed to get put out in the air. And, uh, I, you know, everybody that, that writes in about getting advice on stuff, I hope that this is a springboard or an affirmation of what you're already going through or just a reminder of what you went through. Um, and let's move on and have some fun. Uh, how about McMillions? A lot of people have been writing in about this, uh, this documentary on HBO called McMillions. And it's about the, uh, it's a documentary series about the McDonald's monopoly game scam that occurred between 1989 and 2001 perpetrated by ex cop, Jerry Jacobson and several accomplices. Uh, the series premiered back on February 3rd, and it's been a every Monday thing. And I, I watched the first episode, and it wasn't anything that I was expecting. In fact, it was kind of fun and, and funny, and it wasn't like your typical uh, true crime documentary, you know, where it's all it's all depressing and people are dying. But this story has a quirkiness to it. It's about a mass murderer. It's not about a mass murderer or someone who was wrongfully jailed. It is always tough to explain the vision for this documentary because, you know, they just wanted to talk about this, this potential scam that people were running on uh, the Monopoly game at McDonald's. And because it's such a behemoth like McDonald's, it's the, this could be a huge issue. Um, so, you know, without all those varying degrees of depression, this is a various the very, uh, a documentary about very serious stakes. But in a real life, there's an ability to be funny and tragic at the same instance. So there's this guy, this, February, this uh, FBI agent who is like getting his rocks off on this whole thing. And he is just an animated dude. He's super funny. Uh, I can't remember his name, but it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I, I, I would say that a lot of this stuff has already been out there because uh, the, Doug Matthews is the FBI, FBI agent name uh, that I'm talking about. He's just hilarious. He makes the documentary. It's all pretty slow and boring, but I think this character is what's going to get me through watching the rest of the documentary. Um, so I can't really comment too much on it yet, but it's pretty amazing that they that these people got away with this, but they were all connected and related. And, you know, the trailer for the whole the whole documentary made it look like it's going to be this really deep, serious mob type documentary. And it hasn't really panned out that way. It's been a little bit more lighthearted. And a lot of fun to watch. So I would say uh, medium thumb, uh, halfway thumb on that. So if you wanted to check that out, it's on HBO Mondays and uh, it's been out for a few weeks. Another episode, another movie I had, I had watched over the last weekend was one I've put off for a while because it, it looked kind of stupid, didn't really resonate with me. But after I watched Parasite, the movie that ran away with a lot of the awards at the Oscars, um, during Oscar weekend, I decided I'd, I'd finally watch this Parasite movie because everybody I know 
that that had seen it said amazing things about it. So I decided I'd give it a shot. And uh, Bong Joon Ho is the director for it. And he, for Parasite, and he has done various other movies that I, I didn't really put together because once this craze about Parasite came out, I thought, well, this must be pretty good. So I watched it. Great, great movie. I have a re- review for it up at radradio.com. Um, and it's just an outstanding movie, beginning to end. It's it's a movie for everybody that loves movies. It's a foreign film, so you have to be able to, to read the subtitles. It's outstanding. Uh, so when I when I found out that he had done mo- other movies prior, I found out that he did Okja, the, the movie on Netflix. You know, the, the movie that you can't really, you don't know how to pronounce. You see it. It's this giant pig, and it says Okja, O-K-J-A. Another movie directed and uh, basically written by Bong Joon-ho, and I decided, well, this might be good if it's going to be from the same guy who did Parasite. I love that. So it's it's got to be good. And the synopsis for Okja is for 10 idyllic years, young Miha has been caretaker and constant companion to Okja, a massive animal and an even bigger friend at her home in the mountains of South Korea. But that changes when family-owned multinational conglomerate Mirando Corporation takes Okja for themselves and transports her to New York where an image-obsessed and self-promoting CEO has big plans for Miha's dearest friend. And with no particular plan but single-minded intent, Miha sets out on a rescue mission. And I consider it to be like a modern-day Dumbo. Not just because it's a giant creature, and that does help. It's a giant hippo, elephant, pig mix. Like, they created this, what they call super pig, that's supposed to help feed the famished all around the world by breeding and uh, 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 basically butchering all of these giant pigs, it's going to provide a lot more food and they're also a lot more sustainable. They don't, they don't have any sort of uh, impact on our climate. So that's why they genetically modified these super pigs to farm them and feed the, the, the world. And this one became bonded to little Miha, little Korean uh, girl who you fall in love with right away. They're, the relationship between Okja and Miha is like, is Beautiful and sad and hilarious. Lots of fart jokes, lots of poop jokes, which I, I like the lightheartedness that the director Bong Joon-ho has in a lot of his movies. He's got this uh, playfulness and, and the sense of humor, and he's he does a brilliant job at, at, at infusing humor with serious topics and uh, some some really sad stuff that happens in Okja. Um, I had to hold back some tears. I know that there wasn't really a dry eye in the house when we watched Okja, but that's out on Netflix now. It's been out for a couple of years and that's pretty much it for the uh, entertainment pile. Uh, I haven't really been able to catch up on too many of the other things. I do want to watch a lot of the Oscar movies that have come out. Um, you know, we got uh, the Mandalorians coming up in the fall. We got the official release date for that in October. Lots of fun stuff to look forward to. Um, and I'm, I'm just like, it's a great time to be alive. This is one of the best years, I think, in entertainment in the last uh, last two years, actually, have been really great in entertainment. So looking forward to what's coming up next. Now, uh, I have this recurring theme uh, over the last few episodes of the Rad Podcast, and uh, I don't have a song, new song to, uh, prepared this week, but I have a couple of other songs that I want to record and produce and, and perform for uh, you guys in the Prod Squad. But uh, we're going to... I, I actually, I'm acquiring a new guitar. I want to get a, tw- I'm getting a 12 string guitar. I already have an acoustic. I've got a few electric guitars, but I'm going to get a 12 string guitar. And if you know what that is, it's a beautiful 
instrument that, that just sounds richer and deeper and, and bigger than a regular six string acoustic guitar. So I'm uh, in the market for that. And over our vacation, I'm going to acquire it and I'm going to start learning some new songs with it. And I've, I actually have some uh, people that have reached out that want to jam and I've got a drummer that's lined up. Uh, I need to get a bass player in here, maybe another guitar player. I don't know. Maybe we could start our own pod, prod squad band, maybe Brand, Brando and the Prodheads. Oh, I like that. Brando and the Prodheads. Maybe we'll get a band together start a family band and tour the countryside. And you're not invited. Yes, you are invited. Just kidding. Just doing a little quote from uh, from a movie. All right. Uh, so to close out the podcast, I'm going to play one of the songs that I had with my garage band called Teton Corporation. That was the band of the that I was in. The name came from the street that we practice on, Teton Drive. And Corporation was because we had like a revolving door of a bunch of people that would come in and out and uh, play instruments. And, and we finally recorded some tracks. Um, and this is one of them. It's called Collective Chaos. And this is going to close out the podcast. Figure I'd uh, lay some music on you since it's been a recurring theme here on the podcast. So until next week, namaste, bitches. Yeah.